Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina again. Today, we are going to be talking about sitting with other people's sufferings. Wow, that sounds heavy, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> even the word suffering causes a little... Maybe not, and maybe it's anxiety. In Does that me. make you suffer? It, yeah. No, it doesn't make me suffer, but um, I just I don't like the way it even sounds. But it's a part of our life. It's part of life, yeah. And I think depending, of course, we come from a, a place of um, a faith, uh, being a part of a, a church, and I think people's expression of coming to church is usually to walk away with getting something encouraging, and you can do it, and. However, I think in church, in faith communities, we do not often hear riveting stories about how do you deal with people, with yourself, with God in the middle of suffering. So that's what we're going to tackle today. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. One of the things, of course, we come from is let's first talk about as a mentor, as somebody who is intentionally pouring into somebody else. Chris, tell us your experiences with hearing difficult stories. How do you react as a man, as a mentor? How do you navigate that? And maybe you've got examples of how you didn't handle that well. So just let's just jump in and, and tell us about um, how you've handled somebody else's suffering. First thing comes to my mind, I think I've said this on maybe a previous podcast episode, but um, if a man that I'm mentoring... Um, feels like he has to adapt to me to make me comfortable, more mm-hmm. comfortable. Mm-hmm. So maybe he won't tell the, the whole story sure. or he will maybe dance around it a bit. Okay. Then that's, to me, that's that's a wasted uh, wasted time. Okay. So he needs to be able to just put it out there and I need to just be able to adapt to whatever he, his suffering has been. Okay. It may be painful to hear. It may make me uncomfortable, but that's something I need to to address myself. I, I need to be able to hear people's uh, stories of suffering mm-hmm. and not make them uncomfortable for sharing. Sure. Yeah, one, one man many years ago, and I, and I may have shared this as well in the past, but he stuck his finger in my face and said, I want to share my story with you. There's a lot of suffering involved. Mm-hmm. And he said, can you handle it? <laughs> and he, he really meant it. And yeah. it, it, it took me by surprise, and it, it stressed me a little bit. But then I realized he is saying, look, here's the deal. I'm about to share my whole story with you. And it involves a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. I need to know that you can handle it or let's not even talk about it. Yeah. So he shared it with me and it was a lot of suffering mm-hmm. that still impacts him today. Sure. Um, and yet uh, I'm, I'm very thankful I got to hear his story. So what does that look like? There's a man. Obviously, this is not like your first meeting together, your first time to grab coffee and somebody opens up their deepest, darkest could. But usually we share our sufferings with those that we feel safe with. True. And so I think that would be a takeaway. People will share their sufferings when they feel safe. And so maybe having that in the back of your head, if somebody has shared something with you, that's difficult. It's authentically raw or whatever. And they're sharing, this is my pain. Man, that's an honor because they feel safe. And so I think our second go-to is then even... You know, men may be more so than women. We try to fix it. But how's a better way to approach if somebody's sharing all their difficulty, a struggle that they're having, 
what's something that you've learned to do over the years in, in walking with people? I've learned over the years, first of all, it's not my responsibility to try to fix it because mm. I, I may not be able to do anything about it. Sure. Um, if I could allow a man just to share his suffering with me, mm-hmm. the story, whatever the situation is, mm-hmm. uh, and I just listen. It may be that first time I just listen to it. Mm-hmm. And there's been times I've told guys, um, and our, our society doesn't like this answer so much, uh, but to say, I don't have any answers right now, mm-hmm. but... Thank you for sharing that with me, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to come back to that. I need time to process it and think about it mm-hmm. and pray about it because I don't have an answer on that right now. And sometimes I'm not even supposed to have an answer. Just listening uh, makes a big difference with suffering. And when we say listening, I think it. We've talked about this before. It's active listening, right? Right. And it's not. It's it's being on. It's being comfortable, not uncomfortable, but comfortable with some pauses. When somebody's sharing something hard, don't fill the airwaves. Just be quiet. Um, if there's emotion or anger or whatever, I, I think we do an injustice to people to go, oh, sh- sh- sh-. you know, I, I, when my kids were little, if they'd share something and they'd get all, all crazy about it, I'd go, now, honey, calm down. Maybe that's necessary, but maybe it's not. <laughs> they need room to not calm down and just to be in the moment with their pain. Well, that makes me think of when someone's sharing um, some way that they've suffered, anger may come about. Sure. Uh, stress, it may turn into rage. Mm-hmm. And so can I just relax and receive whatever they have? It, it's not toward me yeah. as a mentor because I've not caused the suffering. But when you open, when someone opens up and begins to talk about suffering, emotions are going to be a part of it. Yeah. And I, I need to be ready for that. Yeah. I think about times when I've heard difficult stories, there has been, I I wouldn't put a percentage on it, but there's been a large number of conversations that have taken place between me and another precious woman who this is the first time they're sharing this struggle. And boy, oh boy, is it ever important for me as the hearer of this sacred story not to shut it down because chances of them ever sharing this story again are slim to none. So I think we've got to be ever so mindful to take the time to just be uncomfortable in the silence, to allow the science, uh, the silence just to, to let them feel the feels. I recently had a conversation uh, with a guy. Uh, we've known each other for about a year or so, and he had, had told me bits and pieces about some of his his journey with um, high anxiety, mm. major stress, uh, feeling like life was too overwhelming for him. He couldn't function well. Mm-hmm. All this internal um, grief uh, he was dealing with, and it went on for years. Mm-hmm. So I'd heard bits and pieces. So I reached out to him and I said, hey, let's let's meet for coffee and uh, let's get to know each other even better. I want to hear more of your suffering story. Mm. I didn't say suffering, sure. but that's what I meant. I yeah. want I want to hear more of the painful journey that you'd been on for many years. Mm-hmm. And so we spent, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours together. And it, and I asked him, are you comfortable with that? He goes, I am very comfortable with it. Sure. It's part of my past. So we, we spoke and I heard a lot of um, interesting perspective mm-hmm. that I, I'd not thought about. And the things he told me 
uh, surprised me about him mm. because he comes across as a very strong, focused, uh, deliberate man, and mm-hmm. he is. Mm-hmm. But I would not have any, had any idea of the, the level of suffering he had gone through mm-hmm. years before. And so as we um, uh, said goodbye, I thanked him later for the, the, his transparency and for talking. And he, his response to me was, uh, I, immensely enjoy, I immensely enjoyed this with you. Mm. He didn't just say, hey, it was nice. Yeah. I immensely appreciated it and enjoyed it with you. I allowed him the privilege to open up and just talk freely. Yeah. And let's paint the other picture because I've had conversations when a, a woman has sat across a cafe table from me pouring her heart out and she didn't immensely enjoy it. And there was awkwardness between us the next time we met. I didn't take it personally. I knew that she had exposed the trauma in her heart and the next time she saw me it was a reminder of oh my gosh I exposed the so I think not being taken aback by people's responses if they do share something and and I think this conversation is about in terms of a mentor mentee if you're pouring into somebody these are some possible outcomes what I do want to transition into is if you're not currently a mentor but You've got friends, right? And and when people lose loved ones or they have the cancer diagnosis or whatever, you know, the financial stress, whatever, how we walk with people when they suffer is so, so important. And a lot of times I've been guilty of this in the past when I was younger, um, their suffering was uncomfortable. So I felt uncomfortable and danced around the topic. So years and years ago, when um, we had gone to church with some people who she'd lost her mother, I should have just said, how are you dealing with the loss of your mom? How is the grieving? I know the holidays are coming, or whatever. I shouldn't engage her at that place of suffering, but I danced all around it, never talked about it. And I didn't realize until I lost my mom how helpful that is for people just to say, Hey, how are you doing with the loss of your mom? With the loss of your mom, actually stating it. Right, instead of dancing around it. Many years ago, um, I received a phone call, and this man was in hospice care. He was dying of cancer. And I'd heard about him for years through a family member, Mm -hmm. but he and I had never met before. And he was living pretty close to me. So this family member called me and said, Hey, um, so-and-so, I just say that to keep things personal and private, uh, he's in hospice care, he's dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. Would you mind going out and talking with, with him mm-hmm. and visiting with, with his wife as well? And I said, sure. And I was I was really nervous because I'd been told he is dying. Mm-hmm. Hospice has been brought in. And so, and because we'd never met as well, but we had this family member in common. So I called his wife and she said, yeah, oh, Chris, I know who you are. Mm-hmm. We'd love for you to come out. And uh, so... I went out there and um, I walk in the, the living room and the hospice bed was there. Mm-hmm. He's in the bed and uh, he would have been in his 50s at the time, too young to die. Sure. And so I said, hello. And I said, well, guys, I've heard about you for years, uh, but we've never met. And we, you know, we had that kind of connection. It was nice. Mm-hmm. And so the sofa was directly across from his bed. Mm-hmm. And then his wife is sitting to my left in the chair. And I really felt 
the Spirit of God saying, I want you to ask him how he feels about dying. Mm. Have you ever asked someone that who are, who's yeah. actually dying? Yeah. It, it stressed me, and I thought, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And so I had this internal conversation with God. God, I can't do that. Sure. That's too personal. I don't know these people. I've just met them personally um, for the first time. And I knew I was going to be, I would be disobedient if I did not. Yeah. And I didn't want to miss out on what God had there. You know, it's in, in, it's interesting. I initially went out there thinking, I'm going out there for them. Sure. But God, it was for me as well. Because so fast it, forward it to changed that. me. Yeah, fast so, forward to that moment. What happened? So um, I, I said, well, I said his name. I said, how do you feel about dying? Mm-hmm. And he began to weep, mm. and he goes, "Wow, thank you for asking me that. Wow. No one has asked me that." Yeah. And he began to tell me how he felt, mm-hmm. and then his wife was there, and it was not weird for her. Mm-hmm. And so, it was really a nice moment in the middle of uh, some intense suffering for sure. those guys. Yeah, I think that's a point I really want to to stay on for a second. Is we all know people around us who are suffering, and we assume they're they're dealing with it or we assume other people are coming alongside them but because we come from a, a a place of faith and we believe that the holy spirit is a counselor all the things that the bible talks about that the holy spirit does i have had times i i think back to when i was a young mom myself a friend of mine we were not close but i had learned that she had lost a baby she was seven months along lost the baby and Again, I did not know her very well, but I could not shake this feeling like, I think I need to reach out to her. And I did. And her response was like this man who was dying. Thank you for reaching out. I've been wanting to talk about this. And um, so if you're a person of faith and you believe what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit, he will give you ideas to engage people's suffering. And our experiences have been Yes, there are people who don't want to talk about it, but you don't know unless you ask. And a question is a very powerful open door. I wonder if that's if that is a true statement. Do people not really want to talk about it, or they've never had any experience of of uh, in a trusted relationship to express their suffering? I think it could be both and. Um, the more I talk about my own suffering in different ways over the years, the more comfortable I get in it, I become in it. Sure, but I know a 96-year-old woman who does not want to ever talk about anything uncomfortable. And, um, yeah, so questions can be asked, but she's not going to engage. Yeah. You know, so I think, yeah. In in talking about suffering, we've talked about um, a loss, a physical loss, like a baby, sure. um, a cancer diagnosis with hospice. Those are visible, uh, tangible evidences of, of people suffering. Right. I think we should also address, though, the the hidden suffering that people deal with. Yeah, anxiety. Anxiety, <laughs> um, a loss that no one knows about. Yeah. That's um, someone's past that has been brought up, and they're 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 suffering because of something from the past that's been brought back up yeah just their personal insecurities or or sometimes our suffering like if we're going to rate it suffering is suffering but when we feel overwhelmed with our schedules or our work there's a situation at work all of those are degrees of suffering finances or or, or, you think do people suffer with finances well if there's a lack of finances 
um, suffering can come about with mental anguish. Well, and, you know, and, and during COVID, what we saw is people suffered isolate. People are, there's all kinds of degrees of suffering. And sometimes it just takes a question to open that door to somebody else. And I guess the other encouragement would also be if you're listening and you're suffering, find a safe person to share your suffering with. Why would you say that? I agree, but why? Because suffering unchecked can lead us to really dark places. We both know. Um, We, yeah, just this last week, we have a family member who chose to take her life. There was suffering, deep suffering going on that, um, yeah, she didn't reach out. And so... Is your suffering about your job going to lead you to suicide? Probably not. But left unchecked, all that anguish, all the anxiety, all those feelings harbored inside. I mean, you read articles about what stress does to the body and to the brain. And it's just, we got to share our stories. I don't believe we were intended to be lone rangers in this life. And so if we look to Jesus and he surrounded himself with close friends. Um, he surrounded 12 to walk and do life with him. If we look at him as our example, man, and sometimes us sharing our suffering, people are like, oh, if they shared their suffering, it gives me permission. Well, now that you mentioned that, I've got this. I, I just think we can't lose <laughs> by being, to save people, uh, to people that are going to carry our suffering well, but we got to share it. Here's here's a, a thought, and I'd say a challenge, is that what if you chose the next time you're in the company of someone that there's a there's a there's a certain level of trust, mm-hmm. and to gear the conversation where you could eventually ask them, uh, hey, tell me how things are really going for you. Yeah. Is there any any particular suffering going on? And suffering maybe a it may sound like a, an extreme term sure. for some people. You know, you think about people who have gone through. Uh, wars, the, the Holocaust, and things like that. That's mm-hmm. intense suffering. But let's not forget, there's everyday suffering that people deal with mm-hmm. that no one knows about. So maybe the challenge would be uh, those trusted relationships, initiate that conversation. Yeah. And like you said, share some of your own. Yeah. That gives people hope. Well, and I I think well-meaning people don't want to come across as Debbie Downers, right? Like, oh, let me share. That's not what we're talking about. No, we're not talking about unhealthy neediness. We're right. talking about... I am suffering. It'd be great to talk about it, mm-hmm. and maybe you, maybe you could help me. There right. may be some. There would be some solutions to walk me out of this suffering. Mm-hmm. And I, before we go, I have one last thing. I think it's important to talk about is that when, when we are listening to somebody else's suffering, it's okay not to fix it. I have an. We have a very wise friend. She happens to be a, a counselor, and she taught me early on in our relationship. It's okay not to fix things. Sometimes the best thing we can say when somebody is going through something that's difficult is go, I am so sorry, or that must be so hard, or my goodness, that sounds like a challenge. Validating somebody's suffering is not giving them carte blanche to remain there. It's validating their suffering. I don't think we do that enough. That and 
sometimes we bring on our own suffering. In yeah. fact, it's both. Sometimes suffering is thrown upon us, and we had there was no reason that we could see for it. We didn't do anything to cause it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes suffering is brought about because something we, we have done or did not do. Sure. And how does that relate to validating our suffering? Well, um, you're just saying that's another cause of it, suffering. It, it, yes, but to validate you, you are you are suffering, and I hate that for you. Right. But for instance, let's say our health. Yeah. If we don't take care of our health, we will suffer the consequences at some point. Sure. So this person's in front of me, or maybe it's me, and I'm suffering the consequences of bad health. Right. To let them talk about it and say, okay, so what are you willing to do today mm-hmm. to walk out of that suffering? You've got to make some changes. Yeah. But sometimes it's both. Sometimes suffering is just there. Yeah. We can't do anything about it. Yeah. And maybe that last part is a, a, a different conversation of how to help walk with somebody through suffering. So anyway, anything else before we close up? Well, great. Suffering, how do you deal with it? How do you walk with others? How do you deal with your own suffering? We hope today we've discussed and kicked around a few topics that will help you have a healthier perspective of suffering. And as always, if you've listened and today something stuck out to you that was helpful, leave us a review, subscribe. And if this has been helpful and you would like to help continue uh, making these podcasts possible, then we would encourage you and invite you to donate. So as always, Chris and Christina, thanks for tuning in.